because I've been in the industry since I was about nine years old and I understand how big the machine is and how it can really overtake you and make you feel like you're this small in comparison to the grand scheme of things. And I realized that my art is always at the forefront. That's Annie Gonzalez, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Hey guys, I'm your host, Kara Duffy, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast, where I invite my favorite humans, the awesome, the up to something, and the extraordinary to come and share their story. I hope that you'll be left entertained, inspired, and moved to take action towards living your most powerful life. I am so excited to introduce you to Annie Gonzalez. She's an actress, producer, creator, songwriter, taking on the world and sharing what matters to her, especially on her YouTube channel. Her commitment is to profound concepts being told in regular language and accessible to everyone. She's not afraid to speak her mind, be herself, or to educate and provide spaces for others to expand, be heard, and gain visibility. In this episode, she shares her journey as an actress, her passions for community improvement, and what's next for her. All that and so much more coming up, but first. If you're interested in discovering what possibilities and businesses are available for you to create and to live your most fulfilling life, please visit thepowerfulladies.com forward slash coaching and sign up for a free coaching consultation with me. There is no reason to wait another day to not be living your best life when you instead could be running at full speed towards your wildest dreams today. All right. Well, welcome to the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. I'm so glad that Jordan recommended you. Um, Let's begin by telling everyone who you are and what you're up to. Hello, hello, beautiful people. <laughs> I am Annie Gonzalez. Um, I am a actress, producer, songwriter, extraordinaire. Right? I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, currently working on a couple different things. I have Hentify that just came out. Mm-hmm. Viva, actually, it's their premiere today. So I'm also Whoa. on that. Woo! And um, I'm working on my own uh, YouTube channel. Very cool. Um, for people who don't know, let's tell everyone what Hentified and Vita are about, and then we'll circle back to your YouTube show. Yes. So Hentified was um, a show that has been in the making for the last four years. They started off as a web series and then converted to, and then Netflix picked them up, and now they're an actual series. And I get to play, it's, so basically it's about gentrification going on in the neighborhood of East LA Boyle Heights. I'm born and raised in East LA Boyle Heights, so it's very close to my heart, to my home, and mm-hmm. to my truth. So I'm so honored to be a part of that program. As well as Viva, it does play to a completely, I think, personally different audience, but in the same realm of gentrification and the Latinx experience, mm-hmm. um, mostly highlighting um, the queer Latinx experience, um, femme queer in, in that community, which I don't mm-hmm. think is as heavily talked about, um, which I love the relevance they bring to it because it is, it's so real. I mean, I myself identify as, and I choose not to identify, but if you had to put a label, I'm, I like it all. So queer, I guess. Right. 
Um, <laughs> so it's nice to see that representation on screen, especially with faces that look like mine. because We really don't get it. So mm-hmm. both shows are brilliant, beautiful, and talk about such important subjects that I think our communities need to hear and see and other communities need to hear and see because above all, it's a human story, right? It's yeah. so true. Yeah. There's um, I, I was doing some homework prior and I read a great article that talked about how proud you were to be working on on programs that got to speak and share the truth that you've experienced, like from your neighborhood, from your Latinx experience, and like just how proud you are that you get to be part of this new chapter of showing people like all the varieties of people and and like real stories from all these different subgroups that have been ignored most of the time. Yeah, I think it's important. I think it just, I feel like a lot of media in Hollywood mostly depicted us because it's not us being able to tell our own stories. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's white men and women and other, you know, Mm -hmm. telling the stories from a Latinx perspective, which how can you really do that authentically if you don't understand the experience you're going to continuously put us in these boxes of of the way that you see us which there's nothing wrong with well there's a lot wrong with that you know it's nice because we do have have the creators that are willing to do so it's just trusting that we can tell our own stories I think and it's so nice to see the baton being passed or being forcibly grabbed (laughs) whatever whatever has happened I'm just glad that it's here and, and I, I know that it's just creating the conversation so more artists will want to tell their story and their truth mm-hmm. amongst we, yeah, generation and race and ethnicity for everyone, not just the Latinx experience, but Asian experience and, you know, everything. I think it's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely. And I love that you talked about how it started as a web series. Um, we partnered with, uh, we Powerful Ladies partnered with WebFest Berlin for 2019 and it was great because we got to go and do some panels there and do some workshops. But I love seeing the like um, web series community and how it's getting recognized. And to me, it kind of aligns with the podcasting world where people get to create whatever story they want and tell it in whatever format they want. <laughs> and it's finally being appreciated as here is where you can find amazing storytelling. And the like the sorority behind what that world brings. I love it. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's finally a place where artists can take control of their narrative. That's what inspired me essentially to start my YouTube channel because, you know, I mean, you're obviously you guys are creators, you know, and Mm -hmm. how many times have you felt, well, we'd love to do this with you under this condition. And you're like, F you and your condition. Like, don't, and silence how I'm feeling or how I, how the story should be told. It's my story. So this is your way of taking ownership, which Mm -hmm. as you should, and look at the people that you're affecting by doing so you're inspiring so many other people to take ownership of their story and keep creating because it's important. It's so important. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you excited to talk about? And like, how are you crafting your YouTube channel? (laughs) Let me tell you. Um, so I think in terms of mental health advocacy, that's one of like my strong, something that I'm really want to push to the forefront of my mission. I realize now gaining so much visibility in the industry and just in general, um, 
because of Hentified, which I'm so grateful for, the way in which I've been able to make sense of it, let me rewind, was watching the Super Bowl. I'm watching it and I'm looking at these commercials and I'm like, ugh, look at all just consumerist. Like, what are they selling? Like, fatty foods and chocolates and, and things that just mess with your mental. Like, it's not, they're not selling anything positive, not selling anything good. Like, what what's going to help feed my, you know, and so I'm saying all this stuff and my friend looks at me and he's like, you do realize that you are about to be consumed. Cause I was talking shit about consumers culture. And he's like, you do realize that you are about to be consumed like everywhere because you're on Netflix. And I was like, Hmm. Well, (laughs) you have a good point. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe it's not the consumer's culture. It's about what is being consumed. Okay. Well, since I'm going to be consumed, what, how do I control this narrative right Mm -hmm. before I let it control me? How do I, because I've been in the industry since I was about nine years old and I understand how big the machine is and how it can really overtake you and make you feel like you're this small in comparison to the grand scheme of things. And I realized that my art is always at the forefront Mm -hmm. and and in realizing that I was going to have all this visibility, something that I'm really passionate about is mental health advocacy, especially in brown and black communities. I don't think that there's a lot of visibility for for the brown and black communities to go look to someone or something that they feel seen in. A lot of where I've gotten my, I mean, even when I was looking for a therapist, it was hard for me to find someone that looked like me and felt where I felt comfortable enough to share my story. And I'm not saying I'm the end all be all of anything. I'm not saying that I have any of the answers whatsoever, but if I can be a pit stop or a catalyst for someone else's self expansion, mm-hmm. you know, for them to look at books that I've recommended or teachers or artists or things like that, of, of that nature that have helped me, God, then that, that is the greater purpose of why I'm here on this earth. And I'm so grateful to be able to do that mm-hmm. for someone. Cause I wish that that would have been there for me, you know? No, I totally understand. I mean, the origins of powerful ladies, there's many whys and how we started, but it really was two paths. One, selfishly, who do I want to hang out with and who do I want to have conversations with? And then also like just being of service, like of all the entrepreneurial things that I've done and still do, it's always been like, it doesn't have to be this hard. And so if we can make things easier and show people like, it's not this hard, here's like, five steps to make it easier. Here's something else you can have. Like being of service just to like let people know it's possible is so important. Oh, yeah. I and I see that with so many artists, like true artists and I like once they tap into that consciousness, mm-hmm. they understand I don't create for myself selfishly for me I think I think artists who understand the collective consciousness understand I'm creating for myself because it's going to do so many things for the greater good because I yeah. in myself I see you Kara I see you Jordan I see like we see each other and yes. that is why we understand that if it's helping me it's going to help someone else I can't be the mm-hmm. only one going through this experience yeah completely and and you you getting to do you at what your level 10 looks like for satisfaction is going to let somebody else know that's okay too like you can you can equally be selfish and serving at the same time and when you get to that but that's like the flow state right when you're like how is it possible for it to be this simple <laughs> you just got to allow it to be i I, I feel like I practice that via the mantras that I have. I've People have been telling me to make a YouTube channel for forever because I sing and I dance and I'm a performer. They're like, it'd be great. Like, put your stuff out there. And I'm like, 
I don't, I don't want to do the work. It feels like too much work. And I know where I, where, where my strong suit is and it's not with organization. <laughs> it's not with like application of things. I'm like, if someone comes along and they're like, Hey girl, I want to make it for you. Let me do it. Let's do it. If someone did not come along to me recently and say, Hey girl, called me out of the freaking blue and was like, girl, I think you'd be great on YouTube. You should create this channel. I will do it for you. I have someone working on your logo. I have someone. And I was like, all right, universe. I'm listening. God damn you. I'm listening. I'm nervous as hell. But you know what? Because I understand this is not about me. Yeah. And this is something larger. Exactly what you're saying. And it is selfish because it is me realistically, right? I'm telling people like, watch my channel. They're like, what is it going to be about? I'm like, anything I fucking want. That's yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, what is it about the mental health that has you so fired up? Is it the missing for your community or is is there like a deeper root that you're like, this is the thing? Like, how did you find your, your passion path? Mm. I think initially it started off when I started diving into my journey. Mm-hmm. And, and realizing like, I feel good, but I, something was still missing and I, I couldn't figure it out. And as I started going to therapy, realizing how trauma can be passed on mm-hmm. and how there is so much deep rooted that we don't even know. And once I started to finally, I hate using the term like feeling better or whatever, but when I, when things started finally becoming clear, yeah. right, because I don't like to assign a value to anything because then it just puts too much pressure on shit. It's like shit is what it is until it ain't, you know, that's uh-huh. how I feel about it. But until I started getting more clear on like, Oh, my mom has treated me this way or my dad or whoever is treating me this way because of the result of their trauma, but, and they're just not aware of it. Mm-hmm. But now that the veil has been lifted for me, how helpful it has been to deal with the world around me and how I don't have to react so steadfastly. And I don't have to be so mean or vindictive or cutting. I can just have truth mm-hmm. and how it's so much easier than anything else I've used as a coping mechanism. That was the, that was the catalyst for me. That was at first I was just like, do you guys know about this? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's where it started. And then seeing the lack of, of visibility when I would talk to my family, it's very much this fraternity based um, lifestyle that we've lived. Like where it's like, well, my mom hit me and, and so I hit you. And so it's fine. And we, you should have seen what I had dealt with. I didn't have time to worry about your feelings because I was trying to put food on the table and a roof over your head, which like yeah. all of that is good and well, like totally. But like, that's a tired excuse now, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. our parents heard that their parents heard it, but the difference is, and what I understand the privilege that we have now is accessibility to podcasts such as one like powerful ladies podcast, right? And mm-hmm. and to other to Super Soul Sunday that Oprah does, oh, and to yeah. you know all of these things. So I I realize now with the privilege that I have, I need to then pay it forward. Mm-hmm. What was it about acting that made you start at nine? Oh, girl, I loved it growing up. <laughs> I. <laughs> I love performing. I love storytelling. I love the way you can make people feel things off of your vibration. Really. I mean, like, you know me, I love getting a little meta. So (laughs) I love being able to change the tone of a room to allow someone to feel something they never thought they could. 
And I think that's it goes hand in hand with the mental health advocacy. It's so funny how once you just trust, even your childlike self knows what it is you want to mm-hmm. do. And and since I was a little girl, I remember I would it was like first grade. I was like seven at this point. I've always sang. I've always danced. I've always loved to perform. And um, my teacher, my first grade teacher, told my mom, um, she's not paying attention. Like, I don't know, you might have to just come in and check up on her. My mom comes in and I'm there daydreaming. She's like, what are you daydreaming about? One day when I'm a famous movie star and I'm winning an Oscar. She's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, all right, Cabrona, but movie stars need to learn how to read. So get your phone in the book. <laughs> <laughs> right, mama. Yeah, I've just, I've always loved storytelling. I've always loved performing and, and jumping into other people's experiences. Mm-hmm. And was it, um, you know, living in LA, you definitely had access, right? Because it's in your, you're in driving distance. Um, but what, what was it like coming from East LA and being of the Latinx community? Like, were there barriers then, or was it just, you just started and started getting work and you just kind of kept going from there? It's so weird when you're a kid, there's not, there's not as many barriers. When you start as a child, it's not these things that get placed on you, you know, Mm -hmm. or or at least you're not aware of it really. And growing up because I'm fifth generation, I was so Americanized that my mom never put those barriers on me. It was never like, we're Latinos, so we have to work harder than the next. In my head, I was like, Bette Midler's my tia. Like, what do you mean? Like, I am totally like some girl from the Bronx, New York. Like I am the Jewish woman. Like, what are you talking about? Like I didn't, I did not understand that. I identified with freaking Barbara Streisand and uh-huh. as well as Rita Moreno and Selena. You know, I just, I never saw that, which I think is great even in my experience now, now that I have experienced a different side of it, being an adult, mm-hmm. being a woman who is queer and Latinx in this industry people look at you now as an adult when you're a kid they're just like oh this cute kid like I'm not yeah. gonna put labels on them. but as you tend to mature and your body develops and things like that there's so many different words that get thrown at us I mean even in a single breakdown it's like um we need short hair Latin, Latinx really sexy um still tomboy like we get placed into these boxes of things so it wasn't until then that I was like Oh, I'm, I'm this archetype. Like, this is who I am. This is how I come across. Like, that is interesting. Yeah. How people want to, versus how I perceive myself it, and all of these things. So it, it wasn't until I got older that I felt the, the strain of stigma. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. it's, it's gross when you see it. Just like you were talking about, there's freedom once the curtain is lifted in some things. When the curtain is lifted, there's also like a sting sometimes too. You're like, oh man, I thought it was better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it, but it's, it, I'm, I've really been learning to love the shadow as much as I love the light because then it finds me some, it gives me, it gives me the time to rest and untangle the things that I don't like and to change them within myself. So if I don't want, if I don't want there to be weight on these things, then I'm going to learn to talk about them freely as well. The way I'm able to talk about, I mean, because there was a time where I would flinch and be like, well, should I say like white people? Like, <laughs> like should I say, you know what I mean? <laughs> to white people? Like, am I going to make them uncomfortable? Yeah. And then I'm like, no, fuck it. It's, inco- it's only mm-hmm. uncomfortable if I make it uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying, it, you know, it's just, 
these are certain truths. And the more we get comfortable with the yep. icky truth, which is really, it's just the truth. It's not icky unless we assign a value to it, right? Yeah, so we can have. And I think that's essentially what causes the separation between ethnicity and gender is not just acknowledging what is in front of us. And I, and I think that's why I'm so lucky to have grown up with the perspective I did because mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to, to go in and out of, this is my Latinx experience, but this is also what I grew up with, not seeing any type of experience other than the human experience. So as long as I move with that at the forefront, and if I can mm-hmm. be an informant and help other people who may not understand, like, hey, like totally understand you're coming from this place, but this is the truth that you were negating because no one's ever told you because no one's felt comfortable enough. I am not afraid. Yeah. No, I, 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 I should think, I think just taking the stance of I am not afraid and putting whatever you want after it is great. Right? I am not afraid. I'm going to have my own YouTube channel. I am not afraid. I'm going to just talk to you about what's so. And I think also we make it so hard as adults that I always, Jordan and I had this discussion in the past. And I've said, you know, if a kid would ask a question, would we think that it was stereotypical or just them asking, like just clarifying what is so in the world? So I think we give adults a hard time when it's the first time they're asking that question. And I'm like, well, can we just give them a break? I'd rather they ask than not ask. (laughs) I agree 80 million thousand percent. I don't think we give ourselves the room to be bad or wrong at something. And and when we do, it's like we shame people into, I don't know how you didn't know. I didn't know because I wasn't exposed to that experience. Give me a damn break. I think we need to have a little bit more reverence with the people around us because it might, the only way you can grow and learn is in love, with love at the forefront. We don't think about it, even the way our childhood, I mean, at least my childhood, right? Our parents think, well, you need to, you need to go think about this and feel bad about it. Well, you go think and you feel bad about it and then you're back to doing the same bullshit that you did before because all you had to do was feel bad about it. You didn't have to learn or understand it. You just had to feel bad about it. Now imagine if your mom or an authority figure would have given you the room to be like, uh, you made a mistake. Do you know? Do you understand why it was a mistake? We might have the same reverence with everyone else around us. Yeah. I feel you, girl. <laughs> Well, when you look at what's coming next for your YouTube show and other projects, what are you really excited about? And like, what's lighting you up about new opportunities that are coming to you because of, you know, having a show on Netflix and the other things that are opening up? Oh, I am so excited because I feel like the roles that I've played thus far have been very important to me. Um, With Hentified, I got to play a Chicana who comes from who graduated from Stanford and is coming back and dealing with life in East LA and still understands that her community is worth pouring back into. So having pride in somewhere she came from and wants to go give back that same energy that she learned and outsourced. So I feel like it's very in tandem with what I'm doing as far Mm -hmm. as the YouTube channel, which it's so crazy because I did not like it. This just came about. So I am excited to share important messages Here's my mission statement. Let me tell you, girl. Oh, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> tell you, girl. <laughs> Profound concepts, simple language, accessible to everyone. I think a lot of the time we learn about these, these beautiful, profound concepts in any given subject matter. 
and we hear about them from experts. And some, and there's a lot of language barrier in a lot of different communities, whether you're from the Latinx broad experience or just low income community. This is not mm-hmm. something that you that you you don't have access to that language. And I think where I'm grateful is I. I don't got no filter. So as eloquently spoken as I can be, I'm also still like, right, bitch? Like, you feel me? Like, so I think <laughs> that people might want to gravitate towards it because they'll feel like they're talking to their best friend who just wants the best for them. I, I'm excited to bring on different nonprofits that I've partnered with mm-hmm. to shed some light on them. I'm excited to bring on um, spiritual psychologists that maybe, you know, can help be a catalyst for, for uh, spiritual and emotional change. I'm excited to bring just... Just talk about sex, talk about love in a way that it doesn't feel like taboo. It just feels like you're in your living room having a glass of wine with your best friend. Yep. We need more of that, right? Yes. One of the, um, so in addition to Powerful Ladies, I'm a business coach and we've been doing a lot of uh, collab projects of like crisis budgeting and, you know, how to sell what you know, like just teaching people as much as we can right now to make sure they get through this time. And one of the things that I didn't realize I was passionate about until recently was the financial literacy. And when you hit on low-income families and neighborhoods, it makes me insane that no one is providing the true, simple resources for more people to be financially literate. Because if you don't know what's available or how to ask for it or what these definitions mean, you can't actually move forward in life. It drives me batty. Like, so I love the fact that you're like, what can I bring to my people or whoever wants to listen and like, just give you one thing to level up one thing to keep moving you forward each time. Yeah. I, that's, that's it. I would love to have a financial literacy coach on there. I would love to have, yep. to have different small businesses come on and talk about how they did that. Cause I know there's so many people who are like, mm-hmm. I'd want to, but I just don't know how to start. Yeah. So that's, has been the first thing that I said on my first video on YouTube was like, y'all, I am terrified, but they say the hardest thing is to just freaking start. So I'm starting. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know what's going to happen, but we're going to figure it out along the way. Mm-hmm. So just hold space for me. Yeah. <laughs> so no. yes, I, I'm going to have you on, girl. Help us with our financial literacy. Let's do it. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, it's, it's my favorite thing. Again, like making things easy. You want to start a business? It's easy. It really is. Like, let's do it. Like, yeah, it's simple. When you think of the word and the phrase powerful ladies, like, what does it mean to you? Like, what does it bring up? Good, bad, ugly? Oh, powerful ladies. You know what it reminds me of? Here's what it reminds me of. I saw this quote that said, not fragile like a flower, fragile like a bomb. That's what it reminds me of. And I love that. Mm -hmm. Right? We are not fragile like flowers, though we can be. But don't Mm -hmm. forget that we are also the bombs, okay? We will disrupt and erupt as quickly as we are beautiful to the eye because Mm -hmm. we are. We are so many things. We are an amalgamation. And I think that that's not how we get represented. Mm -hmm. And so, but, but no, we are because you guys are doing this. So, Thank you, Powerful Ladies Podcast, for being so brilliant and existing. What do they say? Modesty empowers some and provocativity empowers others. Mm -hmm. I err more towards the provocative side, but (laughs) you know. 
<laughs> when you look at how your life has progressed and evolved, who are some of the women who have supported and mentored and guided you along the way? Mm. Wow. So there are so many people to name, but just to name a few. Um, honestly, every single woman I've came in contact with, I've, I've really taken something from them, whether it be a piece of reverence, a, a sentence, a feeling, you know, someone who just gave me the space to exist and not have to perform. I've had so many beautiful women enter my sphere. I mean, even, even the toxic women that I've met, the toxic, <laughs> you know, those, I, there's something that I've learned there where I had to learn, wow, you are passing so much judgment because you don't understand it in yourself, Annie. And that is not fair. So even those moments I've taken such gems with me. Um, gosh. Okay. Let's see. My mom is a big one. Yes. There's a lot of turmoil there, but I've just see how hard she's tried and still tries even at 50 years old, continuously working on her own growth is it's, it's inspiring. Um, um, I had, so I was raised with a lot of women. My mom, she has two sisters. There wasn't a lot of men in my family, even on my dad's side. He has three sisters. So there's so much like divine feminine energy around me. And let me tell you, strong women, you got to be a strong man to keep up with this. You feel me? Um, and another, let's see, another powerful woman would have to be someone who's really impacted my life within the last 10 years or so would be Linda Chavez. Um, she's one of the co-creators on Hentified, and she has become like a big sister to me in so many ways. I came to her saying, um, I did a pilot with her when I was 19, and she just became a mentor, whether she knew it or not at the time. But years after the pilot, I came to her and I was like, I hate the industry. I don't know if I want to do this anymore. They hate it. It's over. She was like, cool, then leave. She was one of the first people that gave me permission just to be even though I had met her in that space of us working together and doing, you know, most people are like, no, but you're so good. And it's okay. You just have to push through. She gave me permission to be whatever it was I needed at the time and, and still does. And so I'm so grateful for her sisterhood and our friendship that we have. Yeah. When, when you're not working on your craft and creating, you know, art of some kind, acting, producing, like what else are you doing for you and your personal development? Mm, I love to work out. God, I love it, man. I love lifting heavy shit. <laughs> you, Girl, you, I am five people. I was gonna say you post on Instagram and it inspires me, and I'm like, holy cow. Yo, let's yeah. go. I love it. I'm see, I'm five feet tall, and I used to be not that it's about weight, right? Because it's not. I am beautiful at any size. So I say this before I say anything. I used to be a hundred and like seventy-five pounds, and now I'm about one thirty. But even at one seventy-five, I was a bad bitch. So let me just start <laughs> off by saying that. Okay, but I realized that a lot of the weight we carry has nothing to do with weight itself, but more so emotional mm -hmm. pain. And I and and learning to love myself then was how I was able to love myself now. And I'm still every day. It's a it's a practice, but I do enjoy lifting weights and like being athletic, even though I wasn't raised in that environment. Like I didn't grow up doing sports or like mm -hmm. lifting. Like I was, you know, but now I'm like, God, there's so much 
you realize how it's mental and physical and spiritual is so much more than just the way you look. Yes. So yeah. Oh, God, yeah. No, I love that. Um, you know, when you look around at how the industry is changing, what are you proud about and what do you think still has places to go? I am proud that they, I am proud that the industry is slowly but surely starting to implement more female, more women driven stories um, and, and more queer stories and more brown stories. Um, But I do think that we have a long way to go where that, Mm -hmm. where that comes from. I think right now you hear a lot of things that are like, you know, um, diversity, like, you know, it's like, no, don't just give me diversity for diversity's sake. Like make it the best thing you can be. Have that on every front then have that in your production team, have that on your stages, because that's the only way that it's going to make a difference. Otherwise mm-hmm. there's times that I go on set where there's no faces that look like me. And it's harder for me to reproduce the truth that you want, because then you're telling me to do something and it's not in alignment with the story. It's just alignment with the the stereotype that you want. Mm -hmm. And so you're never going to get the product with its authenticity if you do not have more faces of what you want on screen as well. Yeah. Otherwise, it's a forced Benetton ad instead of actual storytelling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just, I think, I think the way that women are depicted in film is so much more of a catalyst for the man's feelings versus we are so complex and beautiful and strong and soft all in the same breath that like give us the freedom to have those types of roles give make us the lead and make them the catalyst for our feelings you know <laughs> like let's try something different mm-hmm. how, how have you had to pivot and adjust since we've had quarantine and COVID-19 oh wow yeah um it really forced me to take again ownership of my narrative I think that was the whole catalyst for me wanting to start the YouTube channel I realized Mm -hmm. that this industry especially as an artist is concerned we're we're freelance so you're paid on whether or not I think you're worthy of being paid for this job and even then I can negotiate your pay to what I think it's worth Mm -hmm. and seeing that and seeing how I had no ownership over my artistry which I at a certain, like right after I finished Hentified, I was like, oh, uh, look at me. I'm on a Netflix show, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> like, I, you know, like, my ego was like, you're flying high, like realistically. And then the rug was ripped from under me and I had to move out of my apartment and I had to move back home with my mom. And, mm-hmm. and even people now are like, but you're on a Netflix show. Like, aren't you rich? Can you give me some money? Because I can't pay my bills during COVID-19. And I'm like, psych. <laughs> no, I could not. I can give you my spiritual wisdom though. Follow my YouTube channel. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's forced me to take ownership of everything, Mm -hmm. take ownership of my humanity, take ownership of my ego, take ownership of my higher self, take ownership of my artistry. And then now understand that art itself is not a luxury. It's a necessity during this time because that is how we heal the world. Mm -hmm. During the great depression, what did people do? They watched freaking Shirley Temple. Yeah. Right now 
what are people doing? They're looking at YouTube videos and freaking Instagram lives and Netflix and, you know, TikTok. Netflix, TikTok. Like people are then understanding that, oh, wow, I am a creator as well. So it's definitely mm-hmm. this, this COVID-19 has really reminded me that I don't need anything outward. I don't need the validation that I've been seeking since I was a little girl. Like you're good enough. You're talented enough. You're pretty enough. I need to do that. And I am doing that mm-hmm. by creating my own body of work. No, I love that. I mean, the Powerful Lady's mission is to uh, encourage and enable people to curate a life of their design. And for a long time, I was separating my business coaching from Powerful Ladies uh, because I didn't want to focus only on businesses and entrepreneurship and and making money. But that's the fastest way to empowering yourself. And I love that you use the word ownership. Like being an entrepreneur just means that you own your professional destiny. That's all it really means. And it doesn't need to be this crazy tech, why combinator, you know, next Facebook thing. It just needs to be something that's you being authentic to you and putting it in a package that people say, yes, I would love to contribute to that. Here you go. Yes. That's, that's always at like the forefront of my message when I'm saying Mm -hmm. be your best. It doesn't mean you need to be the next fucking Oprah. Like your best can be like, I like to make beaded bracelets and that makes me really happy on the side. And that's my best. Oh my God, please do that then. Like that is your best. Yeah. Totally agree. It's the namaste philosophy, right? The light in me shines on and sees the light in you. And if, if, imagine if we were all operating at that level. See, and that, and that's, that comes to my point of why I don't like to assign a value. Like it is hard to assign a value to things because if someone who may own his own multi-million dollar business, you know, is equated to something much higher than someone who per se owns like a small little mom and pop shop. No, they're both brilliant and amazing and hold the space that they need to hold. Yeah. You, by your judgments, whoever's listening, if you're having judgments, <laughs> are assigning a value that it doesn't need to be assigned because if you're judging that baby, then you are judging every other aspect of your life to someone else's truth. Yes. Namaste. Light for God's light, you know, and we're all shining. And then at co- that's why consciousness, light, all of that, it just flows in and out of each other. It's our physical form that decides to place a judgment. Like if I look at you like, oh, her hair is light and mine is dark. One is bad. One is good. No, it just fucking is. But mm-hmm. us as human form, in our human form, decide to place judgment on those. But if we were just floating consciousness, we would be like, hey, girl, what's up? Oh, shit, where are you ending? Where do I begin? Oh, okay, no, <laughs> you know? I wish we had that on video because that was an amazing <laughs> representation of exactly what you said, floating through space. So we'll have to do. We'll have, to have you send a TikTok of that so you can include it in the podcast post. <laughs> no, but it's it's so true. Like, and, and as a business coach, I know that working with people who don't know what they want to do, they just want to do something different, to people who've been established and doing finances for people who have no money to lots of money, everyone is, I have to go and start at the same questions for everybody because half the time, how, how money has fallen into your lap, like it's so, so often it's on accident. Like how many people don't have a plan or a method? And if you ask them to recreate it, they couldn't is fascinating to me. So mm-hmm. I totally agree with you that a successful mm-hmm. business just means that it, it, it does what it was meant to do. It has nothing to do with how much money it's making. 
And quite often, you don't even need to be making a profit to have a great business. Like the goal at first is like break even, the end. <laughs> That's the best. Mm-hmm. That's the best at the time. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Success is just it doing what it needs to do. Ooh, I that is a bar, sis. All right, you can. Ooh, I like. You can take that one. Like, New post-it on. Write that. Down. <laughs> Yeah. And people freak out when I say that they don't need to be making a profit in their business. I'm like, listen, if your budget is made the right way, you're, you should, you're breaking even should be paying yourself. Um, when you look around at your peer group, like, do you feel that a lot more people than before are looking to create their own thing and looking to have more ownership? Where do you see the trend going or from maybe traditional career paths to something untraditional? Wow, I see so many of the people around me just going to the beat of their own drum, kind of creating, yeah, not kind of, definitely creating the life that they want to live. Because I think the more life that we live, we understand, and especially right now during this uncertain time, we're realizing that this life that we were living, the monotony, the day-to-day, whatever practices we had was essentially just an illusion, Mm -hmm. right? We thought we had to live in this construct of this life, of these other rules that were placed on us because you have to, you have to get the car, you got to get the house, you have to find the mate, you got to get the kids and this is how it needs to be if you want to be happy. And then the rug gets ripped under us, right? Which is the capitalist mm-hmm. society of money and production and productivity and everything else. That I, I realize now more than ever, I see everyone around me like, well, how do I innovate? And so they're finding their own set of rules, their own discipline that makes them feel comfortable, mm-hmm. which I think that is the truth all along. We need discipline. We do need a set of rules. It's almost like we're, we're, we're just grown-up children. We're children in adult bodies. Yep. And even with children, right, you have to create parameters for them to feel safe so that they can play. Mm-hmm. If a child doesn't have parameters, if a child doesn't have structure, they go crazy. They'll, they'll get into trouble. They'll do this because they're looking for some type of attention, some type of structure. Same as adults. That's why we don't pay our bills on time because we love the chaos of it because maybe we didn't have enough structure in our childhood. That's so, it, right? Like it's all these things. Yeah. So now it's forcing us in adulthood to be like, oh, I need to create my own discipline of life. Well, what does that look like for me? What is going to make me feel safe? Well, I really like doing this one thing. And I actually do think that this thing is profitable. I see people doing said thing. Mm -hmm. And it's so inspiring to see people create their own discipline of their life for the practice of their peace. No, it really is. Um, there's a, a great book out, uh, Discipline Equals Freedom by Jocko Willink. And there, but then I also love the book, The One Thing, because it takes, it's like a discipline might not be the path to freedom. The right word might be habit. And I love yep. that because discipline makes it sound like we're going to be in pain and punished. Where habit is like, listen, you learned how to brush your teeth every day. Like it could be that simple of just adopting one new thing that shifts, you know, that one degree change, right? In a boat, you go to a totally different place. So what's the habit you need to really propel yourself forward and and change what your future looks like? Because we've had some people at Powerful Lady Meetups that 
are asking for tips about like, how do I do more proposals? I hate writing them. I'm like, don't, don't do them. Like get people to just give you money over the phone. You don't need to send a proposal. And they're like, what? I'm like, no, like you're, you're, it's your company. If you don't want to send proposals, don't send proposals. So there's so many habits we think we need that we don't need. (laughs) So I agree with you, like lean in on the ones that you actually, the ones that benefit you and actually make it more fun and easier and successful. And reach out to your collective for the ones that you know that you're not good at. I myself, I do not want to take the time to learn how to fucking edit a video. So I will not. Luckily, someone came to me and was like, hey, girl, I'll edit all your videos and post them up for you at this certain day at certain time. All you got to do is get them to me. What? Thank you. Jesus, baby, Lord. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. Like, I like do that for me. But so, I, yes, I, I love that you said that you don't live. Sometimes the word discipline can feel like, ugh. And I've heard when I, I had talked about discipline on one of my live videos and somebody was like, I don't like that word. I like structure. I'm like, then use structure. Someone <laughs> was like, I don't like that word. I'm like, I like this word. Then use that word. It's okay. It's, that's why we have yes. language. Okay. I like to say practice. I put this in my practice. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that. Yes, you are so right. Well, and I love that you brought up too how certain words we hear, we again have that meaning we put on them where we can stop listening to the message. And same thing, like if you don't like that word, just sub it out for the one you want and keep listening because the message is what matters. Like if the message matters. If you don't like the word Holy Spirit or God, plug in universe. Does the message still apply? Okay, we're all talking about the same thing. Great. High five. What's next? Like... I was going to say amen, but maybe you don't like that word either. I don't know. Ashe, what are you? Namaste. The light in me recognizes the light in you, girl. (laughs) I think amen applies to everything. Amen, hallelujah, right? Like, if it makes you, to me, it's like you're literally high-fiving the, like, whatever's up there. High-five. Thank you. High-five a plant. You know, that's God. Yes. Hold on, I got a visual for you guys. Oh, this is great. Okay. Yes, and I mean, and high-fiving a money tree of all things to high-five. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, we ask everyone We ask everyone on the podcast, where would you put yourself on the powerful lady scale? If zero is average everyday human and 10 is the most powerful lady possible, where would you put yourself today? And where do you think you put yourself on average? Today, I feel like about a nine ten. I'm feeling really powerful today. On average, like it. on average, I I try and sit between a seven eight. Mm-hmm. I do. I like that. I give myself the room to be. I even think when I'm fragile, I'm still powerful. Well, it's true. Yes, especially with a shoulder twitch like that. That was very powerful. I did. I did. Yeah. Well, it's funny because like when people are in a space where they don't feel confident and they don't feel powerful, I'm always asking like, what do you do to like get in the headspace you need? Right. And, and as acting, like, I'm, you know this, right? Like you don't have, if you don't feel good, doesn't matter. Like go be happy because that's what the scene requires. So I'm always curious, what do people do? Is it physical motion? Like the snap you just did? Is it music? Like how do you bring yourself back to... I, like my minimum is a seven. How do you get back there when you feel like you're not there? Oh, um, 
I love my mantras. I love my mantras and I do them. I do them uh, trying also to embody the physical. I, I kind of have like a ritual that I do in the morning that usually sets the tone. Um, and I'll, I'll do my morning mantras and I'll say things like, I'm beautiful. I am kind. I am smart. I am. And then depending on how I'm feeling, they'll have new mantras that come in. I'm honest especially if I lied to someone, I'm like, I'm honest, I'm honest, girl, you're honest. <laughs> like, I, you know, I, I do that. Um, and I write down how I feel a lot. I journal all the time. That really mm-hmm. does help me. And, and um, reminding myself that sometimes I give myself too much credit as far as when I'm feeling, like, for the negative feelings that I have, like, oh God, I'm the worst. And it's like, I guarantee you, there are other people that have done worse things than I have. Like, chill out, girl, don't give yourself that much credit. <laughs> Yeah, it is, it's, it is. It's so funny. Like we think that we are winning at the negative stuff and totally losing at the good stuff. Mm-hmm. That's uh, my thing lately has been hold space for the the sewage of your life so that you can want to hold even larger space for the light. Like mm-hmm. learn to, to hold them equally. Like just as much as I can be like, fuck, I've been lying. I'm lying. I've lied to like eight people today for stupid shit. All right. Well, yesterday I was brilliant. So you can be, if you can have brilliance once, you can have it again. It's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We just had our powerful ladies monthly virtual meetup now. Um, but the whole thing is about creating space, like creating space for what you want to be doing next. And we talked about how sometimes that's like literally purging, like Marie Kondoing your, your spaces. And sometimes that you have to do that same work mentally, emotionally, spiritually, because we fill up all those spaces with junk. And it's like, no, it doesn't suit us. It's not part of our, we're going to go be badass tomorrow. Like, it's got to go. It has to go. Yes. And the truth is, right, like, none of that is you. Mm-hmm. These things that you, like, anything that you're right, like, do not identify with any of it. Not your higher self or your ego. Understand that you are water and you flow through them. And sometimes you're fucking great and sometimes you're shit. And then also sometimes you're just a goddamn human. Mm-hmm. Don't identify with any of it. We're all learning in this experience. Like that too. Like I don't identify with when I'm lazy or when I'm liar. I'm just like, okay, I, I can I can see it. Mm-hmm. I can accept it. And now I can allow it to move through me or for myself to move through it. Whatever language works for whoever, right? Well, and that's actually what I think is great about the Spanish language because of the soy estoy distinction. In English, we don't have those two distinctions. So to take the permanence away from a feeling, I think is so mm. powerful. Like I, I wish every language had that clarity. Mm. Well, we're starting it today, right now. Right now. That's Let's it. go. <laughs> right now. So, <laughs> as we wrap up today, what would you love to leave everyone listening with? Oh, I would love to leave everyone with this quote that I love to live by. Mm. Who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, or fabulous? Who are you not to be? By you letting your light shine, you unconsciously allow others to do the same. Your playing small does not serve the world. So I say to everyone here listening, keep playing big, play large, play whatever you need to play in each given moment because you are giving the gift of yourself, your truth, and un- and opening up someone else's truth and light. 
Marianne, Will- Marianne Williamson, I believe that's, that's her quote. And it's one of my favorite ones. And I have, since I was 11 years old, I say it every day and I, it still rings true. That's a good quote. It's amazing. She's amazing. Like if you haven't read her work, like go read everything that she's ever done. Uh, my book club right oh. now is reading, um, I'm going to pull it up so I don't butcher it. The Law of Divine Compensation. Ooh. Yeah. That, I love that. I've never read. So, I have a book club too. And um, <laughs> we're reading that. <laughs> we're, we're reading the four agreements. So I'm with you, oh. sister. I'm going to have to have us read that next. Yeah, I love it. Well, it has been such a pleasure to meet you. I am so excited with who you are and what you're up to and getting to shine your light in some new places so more people can find out who you are and hear your message. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So where you can, like, catch me and everything that I'm doing is always on Instagram because, you know me, I love Instagram. Um, Follow me. It's Annie G. Gonzalez, A-N-N-I-E-G. G-O-N-Z-A-L-E-Z. Um, the link in my bio, you can go to my YouTube channel, click a little subscribe, like a video, you know what I'm saying? Tell me what you like up in that little piece. Um, I am on Hentified on Netflix and Vida on Stars comes out April 26th, so it shall be streaming. I am so excited for you guys to see it and thank you to the beautiful, powerful ladies podcast for having me on. I am honored and so grateful to be a part of this today. Annie is a powerhouse. Her energy, her passion, it all aligns with her purpose to use her gifts to change the world while also dazzling the world. To connect, support, and follow Annie, you can find her on Instagram at Annie G. Gonzalez. And of course, on YouTube on her channel, Annie Gonzalez. And we totally recommend that you check out her two shows, Hensified and Vida. All other ways to connect with her will be listed on our website, thepowerfulladies.com forward slash podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Powerful Ladies podcast. There are so many ways you can get involved and get supported with fellow Powerful Ladies. First, subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. Give us a five-star rating and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. Join the Powerful Ladies Thrive Collective. This is the place where powerful ladies connect, level up, and learn how to thrive in business and life. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube page. And of course, visit our website, thepowerfulladies.com. I'd like to thank our producer, composer, and audio engineer, Jordan Duffy. Without her, this wouldn't be possible. You can follow her on Instagram at Jordan K. Duffy. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love.